Love God, love your neighbor. This is Creeds and Deeds. Let's still our hearts as we hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 27 of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is though they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me up high up on a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation, for my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path. Because of my enemies, give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Hello, this is Al. Today's Witness Wednesday, and today we are talking to my coworker Crystal. So, Hello. say hi. So, Crystal, tell me about uh, what do you? What's your beliefs regarding like um, God and the after afterlife? Just kind of. Yeah. So I certainly believe there's a bigger picture and a bigger plan. Uh, never really figured out how that all interconnects. I know when I'm stressed out, I certainly uh, call out to whoever's there, but um, I was raised in a very Christian home, so I know that that has a lot to do with my morals, which is not the same as beliefs, and have found that, especially in the military, it's difficult to find church family to go to, which Mm -hmm. without your church family background, it's really hard, or without your church family support, yeah. It's hard to really reach out uh-huh. to said higher being. Yeah, yeah. So when you uh, you were so you're raised in a Christian home, like what did that look like for you, like on a weekly basis or whatever? Southern Baptist. We went to church Wednesdays for dinners and a Bible study, and then Sundays we would have regular congregation. Uh, parents were certainly highly visible in the church. They would volunteer for things. For me, it was a combination of God and also a social activity because I wasn't really allowed to do much socially. So Wednesday youth group was my way out. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool. Um, did you? Uh, uh, what about like in the home? Like, did your parents? You know, did you guys pray together? Did you do family worship together? Would, stuff like that. We never did family worship. Um, we did pray together before meals, and that was pretty much it. It was certainly brought up whenever my siblings and I misbehaved, mm-hmm. which was probably not the best way for them to go about it. Yeah. 
but that was a thing. Okay, okay. So do you think, like, like in your day-to-day life at home, do you, would you say that, like, faith was, like, it played a, a central role in, Not like, the day? Okay. No. Okay, so it was kind of like, oh, this is your church life, and then this is the rest of your life. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what about, you said something about, like, your morals, and you said, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean what you believe. Like, what do you, what, how would you, like, explain that a little more, I guess? Well, we had very strict rules growing up. Um very strict parenting and their reasoning behind that was normally religion and I say religion because that is not the same thing as faith to me yeah um so it was more used against us like early bedtimes because bad things were on tv cussing was bad we weren't allowed to watch friends growing up Uh but my parents did which of course seemed extremely hypocritical yeah um that type of thing. We weren't allowed to watch PG-13 movies until I was about 15 years old because it's inappropriate and you need to keep everything pure yeah. and that type of thing. Uh-huh. So that was interesting. So what, like, um, do you uh, do you believe, you said, like, uh, talking about morals, do you believe in an ultimate, like, good and evil then? Um, or do you, I guess, do you think there's an objective sense of right and wrong uh yes and no for me i believe that there are certain situations where it is okay for example murder not always a bad thing hitler should have been murdered for example right and because of that depending on who you are religion can be extremely black and white and I don't believe that anything exists in this world mm. as very black and white. Yeah. I, I guess, like, you know, I was thinking, like, um, some people, like, in col- especially on college campuses and stuff, there's this very big view of, like, relativism, where there's no such thing as a good or bad. It's all relative to that person or that situation. But I think that in our everyday life, we would disagree with that because, like, nobody would say that a child rapist ever is... I think Good. intent. You know behind, what I mean. I think it depends a lot on the intent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely believe there are good and evil intents, mm-hmm. and based off what your intent is, whether or not your actions are good yeah. and evil. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then what about? So do you do you believe that there is a higher power then of some yes, sort? Yes, there is definitely something okay. out there working it. Okay. And do you believe that like um, like that you'll go somewhere when you die? I try not to, because if I do, then I have to make some serious now figuring out about life okay and that's just a lot of pressure yeah yeah that's true um what so if there is something afterwards uh how would you say that you would get there or if somebody would get there i don't believe it's based just on purposes i'm definitely gonna on actions i'm definitely gonna go with intent again okay um so do you think it's based on whether or not you're like a good person then no um not necessarily because it, it's the intent behind good. If yeah. all you do is give away money because you're trying to look good, mm-hmm. then are you really a good person? I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, th- I think that kind of like what you're getting at is kind of like the heart, like your heart behind it. And so, you know, and that's why um, Jesus says in the Bible that if you've ever looked at somebody with lust for them you've already committed adultery mm-hmm. for them in your heart right and that if you've ever said to your brother you fool or hated a brother 
that's the same as murder in your heart because the intent of your heart was evil, right? Um, so, so you think you've done either of those? Have you ever, oh, like, heck yeah, yeah, yeah and, so, and so I really don't want to like stop and take a look at my life right yeah, now, yeah, exactly. Just... What about like, uh, like, you ever stolen anything or anything? Like, even like, I found $20 in the mall once and I asked everybody around me, including the Chinese vendor, <laughs> whether or not it was theirs and felt awful for having yeah. it. But even like, you know, just like a pencil from a friend or like time at Maybe. work, you know, like stuff like that. I'm sure I mean, I most did, yeah. of us have ever stolen. I mean, even time at work, you know, if you think about it, like if we're not actively working no, when owed. we should be, then technically we're stealing time, right? Nope. So, owed. You're owed time. I'm owed time. <laughs> uh, especially in like hourly jobs, like say, before yeah. work or before the military, yeah. I mean, but. Um, even then. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then have you ever like, uh, I don't know, um, I mean, obviously, you've told lies before, so, yeah, and then... And even uh, then, all my intent wasn't good. You ever, like, taken God's name in vain? There are a lot of words out there that are used with his name. Yeah, yeah. So, based on your own admission, you just told me that you're a liar, a thief, a blasphemer, an adulterer, and a murderer, right? <sighs> so, if you stood before God right now, and he's looked at your life, do you think he would say that you're guilty or innocent? Guilty, 100%. Guilty, okay. So then do you think he would let you into heaven or not? It's not based off my works. What is it based off of then? The acceptance of the death of Christ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what we were, that's kind of the big thing is that it's really hard to understand is, is for a lot of people is they think that you're going to get to heaven because you've done enough good. Like what you said originally was talking about like the intent behind your actions and ever or whatever, right? But um, that doesn't matter because the Bible says that we're, deceitfully wicked that our hearts are wicked beyond all else who can understand it right and um so nobody can ever get to heaven based on anything we do because even if we go through life trying to have the best intent we still every day lie or whatever steal time you know all of that stuff and that's why it's so important to understand that like christ died as the penal substitutionary atonement right like he paid that sacrifice for us and by accepting him we're given that righteousness and then or we're given that we're forgiven for our sins but then we're also given his righteousness so it goes back then to when god looks at you on the day of atonement or on the day of um you know judgment he's not going to look at you based on the intents of your heart he's going to look at you based on the fact that you're in christ and he's going to see christ's perfect life he's going to see christ's perfect heart because christ's act of obedience was given to you so that's what you know and so that's why I mean, yes, when you're a Christian, you want to go through life and try to do the best you can, but it's not to earn anything, right? It's because right. we've already been, you know. So do you think that, like, in your life that you've trusted in Jesus for your salvation, or do you think that that's something that's kind of just been, like... Because for a lot... So I didn't grow up, like, in a home that was, like, very... Like, we didn't go to church and stuff like that, you know, and my parents claimed to be Christians, but we never prayed or went to church right. or anything like that, and so I never really understood it until I became a Christian when I was in my mid-20s. But a lot of people that grow up in a Christian home, they have this kind of like, they know the answers, mm -hmm. right? They have a, um, a religion of their family, but that's never become a personal faith for them or they've trusted alone in Christ for, so do you think like, I was just wondering like, what do you think you are? Like, do you think that you've had an experience where you put your faith in Christ or? That's up there with things that I would have to think about and consider. Yeah. As a child, I did. It wasn't just for my family. Uh -huh. But it's up there with, is that something that was even something that I could do as a child? 
mm-hmm. um, putting childlike faith and all that. Mm-hmm. Other aside, your brain's not there. So yeah, I was earnest then, but does that really count for yeah, my I life now? What you mean? Um, what's interesting is is that you know the Bible says that like uh, that he that Christ like he'll never let like he says. He didn't. He will not lose any of those who are his, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think that if you in the past did have an honest faith, even if you've kind of, you know, not necessarily stuck directly to it throughout your life, like that, Christ will continue to try and will continue to call you back and call you back because he says that you're his in that case, and he will call you back, you know. And so, and. Um, and so it's really interesting just to see people who grow up grew up like in the church mm-hmm. and even if they've wandered away from the faith it's something that they always have with them and at some point in their life um Christ will call them back to him because they are his you know mm-hmm. so i just thought i don't know i don't know I, it's really hard for me to see like what it looks like for other people because i didn't grow up in yeah. the church you know so um but yeah what uh this is we're at like 11 minutes here so i'll uh what is there anything I can pray for you about? Um, no, thank you. Okay. But in no prayer to, requests or anything. No, no. Okay. But in regards to like, sin, all sins equal and stuff. I remember when I found out that speeding was a sin, and I was super upset. <laughs> I actually, um, well, I, the whole all sins are equal thing is interesting because God definitely like, like He's, it grieves Him more for somebody to be murdered than for somebody to mm. tell a lie, right? But I guess the thing is, is that all of them are equally a absolute abomination to cry to God, right? Because of his absolute perfection. But yeah, I was actually, when I first became a Christian, I was actually really convicted of that, of like, you know, if the Bible says that we're supposed to follow what the government law is, if I'm going two miles over the speed limit, I'm breaking the law technically. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever going to pull me over for it. I'm never going to get in trouble, but I'm still being convicted myself of it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And actually, you know, I guess that's one thing, like, to look at with, like, your personal faith is, is, like, how to kind of know, like, am I in the faith or am I not? Is like, in Second Corinthians, it talks about um, examining yourself, you know, and it says, examine yourself would be, like, do you feel conviction for your sin, right? When you find yourself falling into sin, do you turn away from it and turn back to Christ, you know? Because, like you said, like, Christianity is not religion. It's not, mm-hmm. religion is, like, trying to do a certain things in order to get to God, right? right? But God is coming to us. And so it's like, um, we can know that we have faith in him if we see his works being, or his, uh, his Holy Spirit still convicting us of sin, his, uh, uh a desire to live for him and all of that, you know? So you have no prayer requests though. Nope. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Welcome. Today for Learn the Faith, we're looking at the New City Catechism question 25. Question. Does Christ's death mean all our sins can be forgiven? Answer. Yes. Because Christ's death on the cross fully paid the penalty for our sin, God graciously imputes Christ's righteousness to us as if it were our own and will remember our sins no more. Scripture Proof. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And a commentary on this is from Alistair Begg. 
Some years ago, when I was diagnosed with cancer, my great concern was that the surgeon would get it all. I wasn't really interested in a cure that was only partial. And when we think about Jesus bearing our sins, the mystery and the wonder of the gospel is that he deals with all of them. He was all... He who was absolutely perfect died in the place of sinners, identifying with us in our guilt and becoming liable to our punishment. When Paul writes to the Corinthians, he tells them that God was not counting their sins against them, and the reason for that is because he was counting them against him. Jesus died not as a martyr, but as a substitute. The invitation of the gospel is given to all, but the assurance of forgiveness is only for those who are in Christ, whose sins have been counted to him. Augustus Top Lady captured the security of this when he wrote, Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy riven side which flowed be of sin the double cure, cleanse me of guilt and power. Cleanse me of its guilt and power. Peter tells us that the angels actually long to look into this, 1 Peter 1.12, and what they have observed from a distance the believer knows perfectly. The wonder of it all is that our disobedience is completely covered by the obedience of the Lord Jesus, all of our sins dealt with forever. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, your kingdom is a treasure. I come to you, giving you all that I have, that I may gain this treasure. Thank you, God. I call upon Jesus' name, for his deeds are worthy of honor. I sing praise to you. You are wonderful. You created the heavens and the earth. You formed me. You saved me. You're glorious. Your name, Yahweh, is full of glory. My heart is glad to worship you. I praise you for your strength. I seek your face. Your deeds are wonderful. Your mouth proclaims marvelous judgments. Father, I need the gospel today, because just like every day, I have sinned in, the thought, in my thoughts, words, and deeds. I confess all of my sin to you, and I ask humbly that you forgive me. I acknowledge that my only hope, both in this life and death, is in Christ, is in Christ Jesus and in his blood and righteousness. Thank you for every blessing you give me. Help me to know that even when even what you withhold from me is a blessing, and don't let me ever become resentful over it. Let me live a life that is marked by thanksgiving to you. Lord, help me to trust you and to do good, to live with what you've given me, and to activate and to cultivate faithfulness. Let me always find my delight in you. Let my desires be fulfilled according to your will. I commit my way to you. I trust in you and that you will do your perfect will in my life. God, make your righteousness shine in me like the midday sun. Give me rest in you. Show me how to patiently wait for you. God, help me not to envy or worry about those that are rich in this life, but show me how to store up righteous treasure for eternity. God, I pray also for James' son, Amande, who's 23 years old, I pray that he would be shown your path, Lord, and that James would be able to help him as he desires to get out on his own, and how he's struggling with a naivety and not understanding how the world works. God, help him to become a man like James wants him to be. Help him become a man of God. God, and I continue to pray for Mark and Ashley. Their marriage is 
going through tough times with this uh, separation, but help them to come together. And I also pray for Mark that he would get into Penn State College online program. God, and I pray for Josh's daughters, Jillian and Jessa. Uh, they've been given his wife, Jen, a hard time. So I pray for Jen, and I pray that you would help him to be a father to them, even from across the world. Uh, thank you for all your gifts that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. Remember, I'm not, not ordained. I'm not a pastor. I'm not in an eldership position. So if you are a Christian and you're listening to my podcast, you need to be in church on the Lord's Day and submitting to the eldership leadership of the local congregation of the local body of Christ. Thank you.